Welcome again to Intentionality with me, Paul Kempf, where we explore the possibilities and opportunities that can be created by a more intentional life. If you like what you hear, if you find value in the content and feel moved to do so, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode again. If you love this podcast and or believe it is something that can make a difference in the life of someone you know, someone you care about, please share it with them. Share it with the world so that we can reach more people and impact more lives. This is episode eight. The title of today's episode is an introduction to financial planning, part two. Before we get there, have you ever heard of an elevator pitch? The basic idea behind it is you end up in an elevator with a stranger and they do the unthinkable. They do what almost no one ever does. They turn to you, introduce themselves and ask you, what do you do? Now you have 30 seconds before the elevator doors open. What do you say if you really want to make a lasting impression? Think about it. Daunting, isn't it? Well, I've always been ready with my elevator pitch. I've developed it many years ago. I think it's actually quite a good one, and I'm pretty proud of it. And yet, I've never been in an elevator when someone started talking to me so that I could use my elevator pitch. In fact, I now have two elevator pitches. And because this is my podcast, I'm going to try out both of them on you. Let me know what you think. Does it make an impression? Are you interested to hear more? So let's first do my day job elevator pitch. My job at FFG. Here it is. You know how financial advice is one of the most least trusted professions in the world? Well, I am the managing director of a company where every day my team works diligently and tirelessly to change the perception in the minds of our clients. The second one is an elevator pitch I developed for this podcast. Here it is. Podcast pl platforms are overflowing with content, overwhelming us with information, making it difficult to know what to listen to, what will truly add value to your life. Well, I host a podcast where I share personal experiences and lessons learned around the value of an intentional life with a vision to create a movement a collective of intentional people that can have an intentional impact on the world and people in our sphere of influence. So what does your elevator pitch look like? If you want, share it with me on this channel. There is a lot of content I want to cover in today's episode, so let's get into it. Just a quick reminder of the disclosure for compliance purposes. I work for the FFG group of companies, and we are both registered financial services providers. In episode 7, we started exploring the basics of financial planning with a very brief introduction. This week, I want to focus on two specific aspects of financial planning, a will and risk management. In episode 9, we will end off this brief introduction to financial planning with a discussion of the basics of investment and retirement planning. So let's start. Do you have a will? 
I want to ask this question again because I really want you to think about this very seriously. It is an important question. Do you have a will? Do you even know what a will is? Let's go through a brief description. A will is an end-of-life plan. It's a legal document that leaves instructions on how your assets must be distributed after death. Nobody can escape death. It's impossible to speak from the grave. And what a will does is it helps to separate the emotions around this traumatic event for your family from the practical implications and requirements that happens after death. It is important for you to leave your affairs behind in good order. The better you plan, the easier things will be for the loved ones you left behind. And that's why you write these things in a will. Now, there's a few important things that I think you need to know about a will. The first is, if you do not have a will, you die interstate. And the implication of that really, in simple terms, is you don't have any control over who gets your assets, your money, your investments. A testator, somebody that draws up a will, must be 16 years or older. They must be fully cognizant of their actions and thoughts and demonstrate a capacity to understand that they own something and that they want a specific other person to inherit it. A testator must not be under duress or unduly influenced when drafting a will. A will has to be in writing, signed by the testator at the end thereof, witnessed by two people, with the capacity to give evidence in a court of law. If you sign by making a mark, a commissioner of oaths must be present and sign with you and issue a certificate that is acquired by law. If the will consists of more than one page, the testator must sign all the pages. The beneficiary or guardian or trustee or executor or any of their spouses are not allowed to sign as a witness on a will. Now, can anybody draft a will? Yes, of course. I've just given you a lot of hints as to how to draft a will. But is that a good idea? Not always. What you need to understand about a will is you need to ensure that your bequests in a will are practical, possible, and worded clearly. You have to give due consideration to things like liquidity and solvency requirements. You also need to prepare a file with important documents that you can keep with your will. Things like marriage certificates, anti-nuptial contracts, IDs, registration documents, policy and investment contracts, tax documents, passwords, etc. Please remember, if you put funeral instructions in your will, it's something that you need to discuss with your family. Remember, your will might only be read after the funeral, and that could have some unintended consequences. You must also consider a letter of wishes. Remember, everything that you want the executive of your state to handle goes into your will, and that attracts an executive fee. It's sometimes a good idea to take small items and rather bequest those in a letter of wishes to the people that you'd like to leave them to. You have to ensure your affairs with SARS are in order, otherwise this could cause significant delays in winding up your estate. And if you have cash stashed away, tell your family about it with a sealed letter kept with your other important documents. Never leave a bequest to an heir that is experiencing financial difficulties or marital problems. That is, of course, part of the financial planning process. And try to avoid binding instructions like selling a property or disinvesting from an investment in a will. 
Remember that if you do get divorced, there's only a specific amount of time that you have to change your will. Otherwise, it's very possible if you pass away, your ex-spouse could still inherit your assets. Remember that a beneficiary nomination on policies and investments is always stronger than what it says in a will. Revise your will annually or at a life-changing event. And please remember, you don't know when you are going to die. It is our recommendation that you get an expert to plan and draft your will. Someone with knowledge and experience of taxes, law of succession, matrimonial property law, customary unions, property law, trust and administration of deceased estates, and financial planning. This could be a complex environment, and you might not be able to think of everything that has to go into your will. You also need to decide on the executor of your estate. Usually people nominate family members to be their executors. You need to ask the question whether that family member who's going through pain and bereavement actually wants to be the executor of the state. Do they have the experience and the time to be the executor of the state? We think it is better to nominate someone, preferably an organization rather than an individual, that you trust that has the necessary experience and expertise to be an executor on your will. This will also allow you to negotiate the executor's fee with that executor beforehand. That's enough about wills for today. I hope you have a better picture of what it takes to draw up a will. Next, let's talk about risk management. Now, the first part of risk management that I do want to talk about today is life insurance. And the reason why I want to talk about it is really around one big important question. And that is, do you really need life insurance? Why do I ask this question? I see so many young people, young, single, no dependents, no debt, take out high amounts of life insurance. Why? What would be the reason why you believe you need life insurance if that is your circumstances? By the same token, I see people close to retirement who have provisioned well for their retirement that have large amount of life cover. Again, I ask the question, why? Why not start decreasing your cover as you get older? It's very important to understand that when you take out life insurance, you need to consider the reason why you would take it out. Here are some examples. It's if you want to provide for loved ones in case of your unexpected death. It might be to pay off debt. It might be to protect business interests. There's a few examples of why you would need life insurance. Now, if those reasons no longer exist, it's important to reconsider the level of life cover you've got. How do you decide how much life cover you need? A simple financial needs analysis calculation. This is a reasonably simple calculation that a financial planner can assist you with. But it's important to understand that the amount of life insurance you need is circumstances dependent and that these circumstances change. And that is why the recommendation is a continuous review on at least an annual basis of the amount of life insurance you need. Always take into account things like suicide exclusions, which you find on most policies, and be careful of premium increase and benefit increase patterns. 
the premium that you're paying at the moment might look low, but if those increases annually are substantially more than inflation, it could come back to bite you later on. The second type of risk management I want to talk about is around medical expenses. And I want to ask the same question I asked when we started with life insurance. Do you really need a medical scheme or medical insurance? And here the answer is an unequivocal yes. In South Africa, we cannot unfortunately live without medical insurance or a medical scheme. It is something that is absolutely crucial because we never know when we are going to need medical assistance. And that could be something that could be exorbitantly expensive. Some things to consider when it comes to medical schemes are late joiner penalties, three months general waiting periods, and 12 months condition specific exclusions. Again, it's important to get somebody that has the understanding of medical schemes and all of these intricacies around medical schemes that can help you and assist you with the right medical scheme for you and your family. It's important to understand that hospital plans is a form of medical scheme that is becoming very popular these days. Because of the high medical inflation that we are experiencing in South Africa, some people are considering downgrades to hospital plans. Um, you might even want to consider a downgrade from a hospital plan to medical insurance if you still can't afford that medical scheme. But again, it's important to get the right advice when you are doing these things. One of the, th uh, the trends we are seeing around medical schemes is this downgrading trend, and then people take some kind of gap cover to fill some of the gaps in the cover because of the downgrade they've done. Please remember that the cost of your medical scheme in retirement is probably going to be the one single biggest expense you have in retirement. So make sure that you provision correctly for medical expenses in your planning for retirement. Next, we talk about disability and severe illness. We look at disability benefits. There's two types of disability benefits that you can take out. The one is lump sum disability. The other one is income protection. Can you have both? Should you have both? The answer is yes to both those questions. But when it comes to the question how much, Again, a proper financial needs analysis is necessary, and that's where the role of a financial advisor could be very valuable. You need to consider things like waiting periods. Waiting periods on income protection policies has a big influence on the premium you're paying. The shorter the waiting period, the higher the premium. It's important to add something like escalation of cover on an income protection policy. You don't want to become disabled at age 30 and have the same income for the next 35 years until you retire simply because you don't have an escalation of income on your income disability policy. And it's important to understand that should you have an income protection policy through your group risk benefits at your employer, and you also have one in an individual life insurance policy, there could be a duplication of cover because these benefits are usually aggregated at claim stage. You need the help and advice of somebody that understands these things to make sure that you're not duplicating cover or paying for something that might one day not pay out when you need it. If we briefly look at severe illness benefits, this is a very popular benefit. It's increasing in popularity. More and more people are taking severe illness benefits with their life insurance policies. And the reason for this is pretty obvious. Increased morbidity decreased mortality. 
What does that mean? More and more people are getting these severe illnesses. Less people are actually dying of these severe illnesses because of medical and healthcare technology. So, when it comes to severe illness, how much is enough? This is a more difficult calculation to do. And a financial needs analysis might not give you the right answer in terms of how much severe illness benefits you need. This is something that you need to discuss with your financial advisor to come up with the right amount for what you need, but more importantly, what you can afford. And then realize that there are various types of severe benefit illnesses. Sorry, there are many types of severe illness benefits that you can take out and you need to decide which one will provide for your needs the best. Let's talk about protecting my stuff. What does that mean when it comes to financial planning? We're talking about short-term insurance here. And the question arises again, is this something that you can do yourself through a call center or do you need an advisor to assist you with short-term insurance? In my opinion, that depends on the complexity of cover. It's important that when you look at short-term insurance, you play around with things like contributions, excesses to see what works for you best. To think about the self-insurance of certain items, especially when it comes to things like business insurance. It's important to understand that you don't just claim for anything and everything that is covered under a short-term insurance policy. It's also very important to protect your claims ratio because that has a direct influence on your premium that you pay monthly. There's some interesting concepts and ideas emerging in the short-term insurance industry. Some uh, insurers are bringing out these new ideas that actually leads to the changing in behavior and mindset of clients around insurance. And to end off on the three biggest issues we find in personal short-term insurance is the principle of average in the first place. What does that mean? Your TV gets slow, stolen. Uh, you put in a claim, the assessor comes to your house, and uh, your house contents has been insured for 500,000 rand. The assessor walks through your house and he says, the value of the contents in your house is a million rand. You are 50% underinsured. What value are they going to pay out for the TV that you insured? Half of the price of the TV. That's the principle of average. The second big issue we're seeing in personal short-term insurance is the whole issue around a sudden and unforeseen event. It's important to understand that insurance covers you for a sudden and unforeseen event. A roof leaking that started leaking a few years ago and that got worse now and led to more damage is not a sudden and unforeseen event and therefore not something that is covered by insurance. And then finally, Probably the most important issue when it comes to all types of insurance is the issue around honesty and integrity. If you are honest and you act with integrity with your insurer, you should never have a concern on a claim not being paid. Right, next week we're going to look at the basics of investment and retirement planning. I think we've covered enough in this episode. Only time left for my recommendation or tip of the week that has nothing to do with your money and finances. I want to go back to the podcasts for my next recommendation. One of the podcasts I told you about in an early episode was the Mind Valley Show with Vision. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to often. 
And one of his best episodes that I listened to recently was from December 2022 and featured a guest called Marie Forleo. The name of this episode was Everything is Figure Outable. Really powerful stuff. If, after episode 8 of my podcast, you still think your financial problems cannot be fixed, try to listen to this episode. You might just find value in it, because everything is figure outable. I love that word. A quick thank you to the FFG Group for the valuable support of this podcast. We are optimistic and hopeful that this podcast will grow over time into something substantial and meaningful and that this journey together can create lasting memories. Should you want to get hold of me, send me an email. The address is paul at intentionality with paulkempf.co.za or contact me through the channel that you are listening on. I would love to hear from you. Congratulations on making the choice to live a more intentional life, to be the architect of your own success and to achieve more in your life. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode of Intentionality with Paul Kemp with you next week. And may the rest of your week be an amazing intentional adventure.